start off today's show by again thanking everybody for tuning in taking time out of your busy day to listen to the show also want to bring up my social media page which can be found on facebook at r y l now that's the word r spelled out y l now on facebook if you enjoy the content you're listening to here maybe like some things that you see me post there um give me a like and a follow would greatly, greatly help me out. I promise you it's free to do and it won't cost you a dime. So go to my Facebook page, RYL Now. Give me a like, give me a follow. Also, my podcast is being played everywhere podcasts are being listened to. So whatever your favorite podcasting listening site is, you can feel free and check me out there. Also, in the description of the show, um, I have timestamps for the different segments within the show. So that way, if you can fast forward to your favorite segment or go or when you go back and want to listen, you can go back to that same spot. But on today's show, I have a couple of topics that I want to discuss. Pretty good range of topics. And off the top on today's show. I want to start off with something I first heard back in January of the Biden administration's proposal to change the way the United States credit scoring system works. And I really thought nothing about it at the time when I first actually heard it talked about. I mean, I know the system isn't perfect, but surely he wouldn't go in and take this out and replace it with some government-run program, would he? He wouldn't do that. Well, that hasn't happened yet, but talks for this are really starting to pick up, so I wanted to cover what they might replace it with and compare it to what we already have. Before we dive into the change, let's first start with a brief breakdown of what we already have. So the current system is deprived by a combination of five credit score factors, payment history, credit card use, derogatory or negative marks, age of your credit, and new credit or hard inquiries, as you may have seen them as, which are scored by three credit agencies, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. As of now, 
to get a good credit score, you would need to basically either get a credit card or get a loan to build this score, even though it's hard to get either without established credit, which is kind of oxymoronic if you actually think about it. So I can't get a credit card or a loan because I don't have a credit score, but I can't get a credit score without getting a credit card or a loan. Oh, and by the way, when I say loan, I mean one through a bank or a credit union, not this payday loan BS that I have said and will continue to say to everyone to stay away from. In a nutshell, though, if you can make sure you make your payments on time, pay off your credit card balance, don't let items hit and stay on your credit report without paying it off, and you keep this up for a long period of time, you can easily get a plus 750 credit score. Yes, I know it sounds easier than what a lot of people have experienced, but from my own personal experience, that's the current game. And if you learn to play it the way I mentioned, you can and will win. Due to this credit game, which some people see as unfair, it led the Biden administration to want to establish a new system called the Public Credit Reporting Agency to combat and maybe even one day replace the current aforementioned system. This was first talked about in the president's job and economic recovery agenda, where he stated, being able to obtain a accurate credit report and score the critical step for home ownership, where I agree with actually, and second, that until you have the money to pay straight up, you know, cash, for things, yeah, a credit score is pretty important. They also cited that this new plan could address the racial wealth gap in this country, which is a real and huge problem, and also help make sure that the reporting is more accurate. The plan also mentioned about making sure other things were added to the individual's credit, like utility bills, rent, or mortgage. So with this brief breakdown of the package and the current model laid out, here's my opinion of which way I think we should go. I will off the top say that any program that is government run that has to deal with our money and the way we live our lives. I want to keep that to a minimum as much as humanly possible. And I can't trust that they are going to get this right. Does anyone remember when the first and even second stimulus checks rolled out and how there were literal dead people that were getting their checks before those of us who were alive? I'm sure y'all remember that. If that isn't enough to make you say, nah, I don't want the government dictating if and how much money I can borrow, then I don't know what to tell you. Also, even though the plan had a lot of good ideas, they didn't go into many details on how this would work. How would they really prevent false items being placed on your credit report? When, by the way, in case anyone doesn't know, the three aforementioned credit bureaus are only a third-party entity 
that gets the information from companies and stores it. Think of them as three giant warehouses for storing your debt and financial information from every company you have dealt with. Any negative or false mark marks are sent to them and the same would happen to this government program. So I don't see that changing. Also, currently, if you dispute something with the credit agencies and by God, yes, that process is a pain in the, it can take a while to get it removed or you will have to resubmit your dispute several times. The current three credit agencies get a reported 8 million disputes a year, which breaks down to about 22,000 a day, according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, also known as the CFPB. When you look at just how many employees work for the three credit agencies, about 37,400 combined, and I would have to guesstimate that let's just say of those employees, 20% of them handle disputes. That would take the government bringing in about 7,500 people at the very least to work this, which I have little faith that they would actually be able to do. Plus for the folks who work at these agencies already, they would be without a job, which is another story for another day to get into. But again, it will leave a vast majority of those people jobless. The racial wealth gap in this country is a problem, and some argue that the credit, that the current credit system, though it isn't biased, still has some racial elements to it due to the generations of discriminatory public policies and practices. Even though we have a ways to go to get all of these policies removed, and new ones put in place, a vast majority of them have been removed or changed, which is why credit lending among minorities has risen over the last 20 years, um, but still nowhere near white Americans. Overall, I don't think we need a new system and certainly not one that's run by the government, but we do need this current system improved upon. The current system outlined works, but the education about how it works does not. This stuff isn't being taught in schools at all. This needs to change. You shouldn't have to wait until you find out about it because you get denied for that apartment or car you're trying to get. And even though social media has made this info more accessible, it should have been made more accessible and way easier to get to before now. It should be pushed by not only educators and folks like me in social media or podcasting who really can't tell you what to do with your money since we aren't financial advisors, but also should be pushed by government officials and yes, the lovely, lovely media. I think that also the disputing process should be redone to give better guidelines across the board on just what you need to do to get something off your credit and make it universal to all three agencies. That way is not a new process every single time.
I do like the expanding or adding other items to the credit score like bills. I do like that part of the proposal, but I also think that work history should be a part of it as well. Doesn't have to be a huge part of it or anything like that, but I think there's something to be said about staying employed um, that should be looked at as a plus. The last thing I will say as far as fair lending goes, the same universal lending should apply with borrowing money from any financial institution. For example, if I walk into a bank or a credit union with a 750 credit score, then there should be regulations in place that says I should be able to borrow within this dollar amount. That way, that should fix the problem with, for example, a white guy walks into the bank and applies for a loan with the same credit score and gets a $100,000 loan. And then a minority walks in with the same credit score, but it's only approved for 40,000. Speaking from experience, you have heard me tell my story of going from a 484 credit score to now over 750. The system can work, but like many other things in this country, it can be better. All right, let me switch gears to this. I mean, look, with the NBA season ended, plus the Olympics for those out there that were watching, there really isn't a whole lot of sports left to watch. Yes, I know baseball is going on. And if you are listening from another part of the world um, that's outside of the U.S., soccer or football is going on right now as well in different leagues. And oh, let me not, oh wait, let me not forget about tennis either. But having said that, in America, there is one sport that most people, including myself, can't wait to come back around. Y'all know what it is. Are you ready for some football? I hope I, I, hope, I hope that isn't phrased or coined. If so, I apologize. Please don't sue me. But <laughs> the NFL season is almost here, and it's far too early to make Super Bowl picks, so I won't do that. But I did want to talk about which teams I think have enough, has made enough moves to win their division, which would put them in the playoffs. There has been a lot of moves this offseason, a lot of interesting storylines with a bunch of teams. So let's dive in and discuss. And I think I'll start over on the AFC side of things. And I'm going to start with. The division my team is in, everybody knows I'm a Colts fan, and that is the AFC South. So let's start with my team. So we traded for Carson. I can't stay healthy, Wentz. And yes, there's reports he's going to be healthy for week one, but the fact that we got him and he's already going to miss basically all the preseason does not help my team. Now, I still think Tennessee is the class of our division. I do think that if Carson Wentz can come back and stay relatively healthy, we have a shot at a wild card. But those are the only two teams in that division I see who are worth anything. Jacksonville, they just got a rookie quarterback um, with Trevor Lawrence, just got Urban Meyer there. So I don't think they're going to be uh, playoff viable. And the Houston Texans, 
Don't even know if Deshaun Watson is going to be there. So those are my two teams for the AFC South. I think Tennessee, though, is going to be the winner of that division. Let's go to the AFC West. And so obviously Kansas City is the class of that division. They're going to win that division. Now, after that, who's going to fight for second? I mean, you have Denver, you have um, Oakland, and you have the um, Chargers. I actually think that the Chargers this year can be live, mainly because their quarterback, who was a rookie last year, I think that young man has a lot of talent. So that actually wouldn't shock me. I mean, he the kid threw for over 4,300 yards, I believe, Last year, Justin Herbert, I believe his name was. So I think they're actually going to be a surprise team. Denver has a very good overall team. They just don't have a quarterback, so that's what's going to hamper them. And then, though, Oakland, I think they're, again, are a good team. I just don't see them being able to make playoffs, so they'll probably be 8-8. So I was in Kansas City out of that division. In the AFC East, Buffalo, again, they got Josh Allen, just signed him. Class of that division. Miami, let's see what Tua does. If Tua is the real deal, Miami has, again, a actually a pretty decent team. So Miami could be a player. I actually see, I think I can see three teams out of this division making a playoffs. I'm going to tell you why. I think New England, I was at the Jets address, so we ain't going to talk about that. But I think New England is going to be better. A lot of the players that opted out of COVID last year will be back this year. Um, Cam Newton, this will be the second year within his offense. So I think he will play better. And I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo's going to win the division because they're the class of the division. But I can see Miami and New England maybe vying for a wild card or maybe even both getting it. Here's the reason why I say that, and I'll move to the AFC North. But the AFC North is known for beating up on one another. Last year, Pittsburgh won that division, and look, Mike Tomlin is just a heck of a coach. I mean, he's one of the top five best coaches in the league. The dude has never had a losing season, okay? This year, though, I don't think he's going to have a losing season, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, though. I think they're going to be something like 9-8, and eight, and probably is going to be third in the division. Obviously, Cincinnati is going to be the bottom of the division as they get their uh, quarterback back from his injury. But I have Baltimore winning the division because, again, L. Jack, I love me some L. Jack. That brother is special. So they have the best quarterback in the division. They have a really good team. Cleveland is going to be a shock, too. I think Baltimore and Cleveland, I think Baltimore will win the division, even though it wouldn't shock me if Cleveland did. But I think Cleveland, of course, is live for a wild card spot. So those are the two teams from the AFC North. I actually see doing something. Pittsburgh is going to be on the outside looking in this year. And, well, we'll, we'll check on Cincinnati here um, at some point. All right, let's move over to the AFC. And the first division I want to talk about is not the NFC East, but actually – the NFC South. The reason being is because for years, that division, at least years lately, has been run by the Saints. And now Drew Brees is retired. They're having issues with Michael Thomas. So, yeah, 
So your quarterback and then your best wide receiver is acting up. New Orleans is probably going to finish. They might finish third in that division this year. I think they're going to finish third. Carolina's in a rebuild, so they're going to finish last. So put them over here to the side. The only team in that division who's actually live is Tampa. They're the defending champs. They brought back all 22 starters. Obviously, they got the GOAT. So Tampa's going to win that division. And I think Atlanta this year, yes, I said it. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be better. And yes, I know they got rid of Julio Jones. Yes, I know they fired their coach, which he kind of needed to go. But I think they can actually be the second best team in this division. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, though. But I think they'll have a better season than they did last year. But Tampa's clearly the class. Let's go over to the NFC West, which might be the best division in football, some would argue. Now, me personally, I think they're kind of tied with the AFC North, but that's just me. Anyhow, that division has the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Man, that was tough. Oh, my God. So the Rams has got Matthew Stafford from Detroit to come, and he's supposed to be an upgrade over Jared Goff. He's certainly a better throw of the ball than Jared Goff, so they have that. Arizona, if they can actually stay healthy, they actually might have a little bit. Outside of, uh, you know, obviously Colin Murray, um, who they um, just got, and, you know, they have D-Hop on that team as well. They also signed um, A.J. Green, from from Cincinnati, you know, he was a free agent. He was like going looking. AJ Green lately has just been hurt. However, if AJ Green can stay healthy, him on the opposite side of D Hop, I mean, I think Larry Fitzgerald is still there. I, I believe. I don't think he retired, but yeah, that that's gonna be Arizona could be a very good team. Um, San Francisco, if their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, can stay healthy, they'll be fine. They're getting George Kittle back, who some would argue is the best tight end in the league. I won't fight you if you think that. I think it's Travis Kelsey, but I'm not going to fight you because Kittle is amazing. So that team is obviously going to be good. And then Seattle, again, Russell Wilson. The only thing, though, with Russell is he normally comes out guns ablaze, but the second half of the season, he just can't hold up. I know he was having some issues with the team. I think they got it resolved, but now I think another story came up with him being a little unhappy that they're not signing his left tackle, which anybody who's a football fan knows. Your left tackle is your blind side. You need that guy. I'm sure they're going to sign him. I don't even know why they're taking so long, but anyway... Man, all right, so in this division, I think I'm going to go with the Rams to win the division. I'll go with, whew, man, I think I'm going to go Seattle to finish second and fight for a wild card. I think Arizona's going to be right there. And, man, I'm good. Uh, no, I'm not. You know what? No, I'm not. I think I'm going to go San Francisco as the third team. I think I'm going to go Arizona. As the rear team, I don't think Arizona is going to be a bad team by any stretch. I just think the division is tough, so they're going to end up finishing fourth. If there was any other division, like the North or something, they might actually be fighting for a wild card spot. Speaking of the NFC North, 
So let's be honest. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is back with Green Bay. Green Bay is going to win the division. Case closed on that. The other teams, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. I mean, Chicago still doesn't have a quarterback, really. They have a rookie, but he's probably not going to play much. Minnesota has Kirk Cousins. Well, we already know he's good for. And then Detroit just traded Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff is there. I think Detroit could actually be a okay, respectable team. But Green Bay's class in that division, so I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's get to a lot of people's favorite division, the NFC East, mainly because the Dallas Cowboys reside in this division. Who They're also on Hard Knocks, by the way, and I did not watch the first entire episode. I saw some snippets, and, you know, the Cowboys, they have some entertaining people. So, I mean, so they're made for Hard Knocks. Having said that, they if Dak Prescott is can get healthy by week one, that showed injury that he had is actually kind of worrisome if you're a Cowboys fan. But if he can be healthy, as far as that goes, then Dallas should win this division because they have the best quarterback. Uh, so I'll pick Dallas. I think I'm going to go Washington to finish second, mainly because Washington has the best defense in this division. Um, they have Ryan Fitzmagic, which, I mean, he's not. We already know when you put – pressure or expectation on Ryan Fitzpatrick. He turns back into a pumpkin, but I think he's good enough to get this team basically back to what they were last year. Then that will leave me with Philly is going to finish last in that division. They're totally rebuilding. And then the Giants. So the Giants are all contended on if Daniel Jones can actually stop being a turnover machine and actually be a decently productive quarterback. If he can do that, they get back Saquon Barkley, who is back from injury. This is a second year under uh, Joe Judge, who I think is actually a good coach. I still see Washington, or excuse me, um, the Giants finishing third in that division. Eagles being last, uh, Washington second, and the Cowboys first. So those are my division picks. We'll see. As the season goes on, we'll talk more and more about, you know, Super Bowl. We'll come back and revisit some of this and see if some of the teams I picked are actually living up or teams that I just completely dissed if they've actually, you know, rebounded some. Anyway, that is it for today's show. I want to thank each one of y'all again for tuning in. Again, if you like the content, Go to my Facebook page at R-Y-L now. That's R spelled out, Y-L now on Facebook. Leave me a like. Leave me a follow. I greatly appreciate it. On the podcasting site that you listen to the show on, if, if you can certainly write me there and leave a comment, I would greatly appreciate it there as well. Nevertheless, I'm about to get out of here. You all have a very, very good week. And I will talk to you all later. Peace.